Mitch. Hi, Anthony. Where have you been all my life? Oh, Canada. Been? Yeah, no, I was here a week ago. Hey, hanging happy out Canada with you. Day. Thank you. Oh, yeah. It is Canada Day. As you we ginger monstrosity. And, uh, what does that even mean? It is the birth of the, the birthday of the country. It was the day Canada was founded, July 1. Yeah. And do, what, do you, what do you normally do? Same shit as your states. You barbecue, you fry a moose. You, you have a day off. <laughs> fry a moose. Yeah. You should have taken today off of work. Yeah, right? I want to observe my people's holidays. Exactly. Uh, video games. Wow. I'm Anthony, this is Mitch. Hey. Matt's here. Hi. Arthur's here. You're listening to Rebel FM episode uh, 161. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it, That dude. is maybe the most off you've ever been. <laughs> 222. No. no. <laughs> Don't Not look at me. Close. I seriously well, don't have to think about it. 2009. Two years in a year. Two weeks in a year. <laughs> Carry the one. Uh, it's like t- it's like 212. <laughs> God damn it, you're getting worse. What was the first number you said? 161. Add 100 to that. Uh, 261. <laughs> wow. You're close, yeah. though. Off by 100. That's, that's impressive. You, there's a literal two-year gap in your memory somewhere. Yeah, it's more, because we don't do an episode Seattle. every week. Yeah. Yeah, um, wow, that's well done. We can actually stop now because <laughs> that is the, hopefully Batman, the worst Arkham you'll ever Asylum fuck it up. Came out, it's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be uh, fuck. Oh, Arkham Origins. Ooh. You guys, you guys Jeez. did play the new Batman though, right? Yeah, yeah. Anthony and I are playing it. Yeah, I played I've, a little. Playing it on my PS4. What you thinking? I like it a lot. Yeah. The Batmobile stuff, it sucks at first, really bad, as a lot of people have said. Yeah. But I find that uh, you do gain competency with it the more you do it. Like it is, It's not like an insurmountable thing where I felt like I was permanently fighting it. Right, but I, are you gaining competency over something that's still not fun? You oh, I agree, it I agree. I, it's still the weakest part of the game. Hmm. And there are parts that are contrived where they're like, you gotta get the Batmobile up here because only the Batmobile can power the weird thing that the Batmobile can do. And so. We need it to fire into this generator, <laughs> exactly, which conveniently blew the second that you got so to then, it. Yeah. So then you have to do some like fucking uh, grave like, digger monster like truck marble, shit. Marble. <laughs> grave digger monster truck. <laughs> or, or you have to, or a combination of that and like a marble madness level where you're taking the bat tank through, <laughs> yeah. like a series of pitfalls. Some right. uniracers action. And the levels really are like marble madness, where it's just like a bunch of forty-five degree corners. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, because you're moving your way down to try not to fall. I'm waiting for the Batman game over. that's like Sonic Spinball. Um, yeah, myself, but, but those are pretty few I've experienced. Yeah, there's and even some sure. of the bat. Mobile stuff with the Riddler is actually kind of cool. I agree. People are really down on the Riddler tracks, and I've only done a couple, so maybe they get worse as time goes on. But I like I thought they were clever. Yeah, they actually yeah. made me feel like I wanted to finish them. Yeah, hmm. like I like controlling the environment while driving the car. That's the whole thing. Good. The Riddler things is like he makes a series of racetracks for you, and each ra- tr- loop you do gets harder, and you have to do my, it in a short amount of time. So here's my issue with the Riddler stuff over the course of this entire series because we're counting like. Asylum City and this as like the trilogy with yeah. Origins as the game that nobody likes to talk about. Right. Uh, in Arkham Asylum, the Riddler trophies felt like finding secret stuff in Metroid. Like you would awesome. gain equipment and you would find them, and they were like finding missiles and shit. Yeah, and yeah. they and they added and they added like a whole other level story element. Right. Like you were in like stuff like solving the mystery of Arkham and all that shit. Yeah. 
Uh, it was awesome. In City, they felt like collectibles in an open world game. They did, but they still yeah. added another layer of story. Yeah, was, but it, it just all, wasn't... It, it wasn't as impactful, for It didn't sure. feel like the sort of, like, sense of achievement yeah. of each of them, and, like, and, finding and, them. And I felt like in Arkham City, Arkham... That's the second one. Two. City. The second one, yeah. yeah. I've, and also in Arkham City... The the Riddler challenges and everything like that felt a lot more like ha 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 I'm crazy guy instead of like trying to torment instead of some torment. sort of challenge torment so anything, yeah the thing in City that I couldn't get behind with the Riddler stuff and I I did enjoy finding them because I just you know like scrap that collectible itch mm-hmm. sure. is something that does sink its hooks into me once I'm committed to a game <clears> like this and I am pursuing some of them in Arkham Knight, but I'm not going to finish. I'm not going to, like, go find all of them. I don't care because well, the way you find them is even weaker. Yeah, because mm. here it's like you see some green shit, you know you have to stop, you analyze it, you're like, alright, what is the puzzle? Or And some of them are cool. Some, some of, of the puzzles are cool, but the way you find the Riddler trophies a lot of times is you just drive around until you take out a car and there's, like, a guy that comes out and, and he's, then you jump out he's on flashing him. green. Yeah. Mm. And then you beat up everyone but him and I think interrogate in him. City as well. So and they're the treasure goblins from he just Diablo tells you, He just tells you where it's to find them. Yeah. So and I agree that that is a weaker way. My guess is that no one did them in Asylum, probably, or something. They looked at some metrics and were like, we gotta make them more focused around combat or something. Yeah, and there's, I feel like there aren't enough of the combat-oriented or vehicular-oriented trophies, because there are 240-something of these things, I think. Oh, that God. is too many. And that is way too many. So many of them hinge on, like, the same shit that didn't work for me in City, where mm. you'd be gliding along, and it's like you're just holding the up button to scan, and it's like, well, if you mm. get a notification that you got one, great. Otherwise, it's like, well, the subject is too small, or it's obscured. So you sit there, and you stand around, and you go, okay, what am I trying to find? What am I trying to scan that will unlock this mystery and you eventually scan a light post, and it's like, you did it! It's a light post with some shoes on it. You got a riddle so, trophy. Good job. I guess my point is that the original game felt like Metroid. Like, you had a base amount of gear. There were a bunch of places you couldn't go. Eventually, you unlocked new gear that let you go new places, and so on. It was equipment-gated, the yeah, way that the, a Metroid other- game is. And this is not equipment-gated. And, no. and it made sense the way that it was equipment-gated, because you were fucking trapped. Yeah, uh, right. Whereas in Arkham City, like it was slightly equipment gated and you just wouldn't call in the right equipment until you met some criteria, even though Alfred was just sitting there waiting yeah. to send Same it. Thing with Lucius now, like Lucius will tell um, you that, oh, you need this. That Good luck. I've got it. Uh, just come back to Wayne Manor and I'll give it to your Wayne Tower and I'll equip your Batmobile with exactly the thing you need that we've had the whole time. So like the point <laughs> being shit that just installed? <laughs> I feel like it's less and less of what it was originally and more and more just another open world game. Yeah, it's completely given up on its Metroid history, right? Like it was. That's a fucking bummer. It, w- it yeah. was such a good. Asylum was such a good Metroid game where, but it also felt like a really good Batman game and mm-hmm. I, they definitely leaned into man, this is a really good Batman game. Let's keep making a really good batman game and they do that city was a good batman game and Mm -hmm. arkham knight is an excellent batman game i am enjoying it i do like driving around the city in the batmobile and fucking wrecking things it feels really good (laughs) that vehicle feels good to control i can't stand tank battles it seems like such a waste of time it stops the pace Mm. the battles are annoying it's not batman you have a machine gun and missiles and it's like all right get me the fuck out of here yeah. like it's it feels good to launch out of the batmobile and go do city stuff mm. to go explore and find these like seven side quest arcs with their own story that connects to gotham as a sort of a character and do you feel that like really interesting. the batmobile adds something good to the game or is it just something the, different the cool thing about the batmobile that i think what is the only cool utilization of it is the uh parts 
it does feel really cool calling it in into combat yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> and having it drive in, knock dudes over, and then you get in it. Well, and then like mm. being fighting like, that near feels, it. That feels very Batman to me because Batman does use yeah. the Batmobile like sure. to do things. He also like has team up attacks with it. Like you can team up with Nightwing, <laughs> but if the Batmobile's nearby, you just like punch a guy in the air and then Batman so now instead of crippling of people with his fists you are Batman hitting people with his car yeah <laughs> dude there are moments where like I'm drifting around a corner with my thruster on and I'm like I, I hit a wall so hard that it collapses and then I smoke a dude in the middle of the road and he goes like ah He's like, oh, a dude! I thought you were like Batman, like breaking out like a joint or something. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> Batman gets really Batman high. Batman crashes <laughs> into the building. He's like, "Fuck it, bro! Fuck, that was so crazy." I I like the way somehow you magically don't Alfred, kill that I'm so guy. fucking stoned right now. Have you seen Barbara? <laughs> Tim, I I'm too. You have to do the antidote yourself. I'm way too high. Jason, uh, sorry, that's a bad Batman joke. Um, I like the way that the Batmobile control. Do you know who Jason Todd is? Yeah. Who is Jason Todd? Oh, oh, you were like you were looking for the episode. Jason Todd was the uh, second Robin, yeah, and he was the one that Joker fucking murdered, yes. with a crowbar. He beat to death, beat him to death with well, a crowbar. For, no, he beat him unconscious and then blew him up. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. But it was the audience that killed Jason Todd because uh, there was That's like true. a vote in the back of the comic book where like people called a number. Mm. Yeah, that was fucked up. I forgot about that. Um, anyway, uh, I like the way that the Batmobile controls, which is a little surprising because, like, usually vehicles in open world games are balls in my face uh, yeah. in a bad way. Uh, but it it doesn't it doesn't feel bad. It doesn't feel clunky or stupid or scary until you take it up into the fucking air. Yeah, like up the sides of buildings or like trying to rip bridges down to go across so things. As where soon as this there's thing, no reason. As soon as it, the Batmobile becomes a platforming puzzle or a stealth sequence, I'm fucking out. I am so out. <laughs> but you're not out because those are important, like mission, yeah. like critical, they are like critical to path. Proceed elements of the story yeah five cobra tanks showed up and now you have to sneak up behind them in a stupid tank car and then you have to jump up a wall and do a marble madness puzzle <laughs> honestly some of the most fun i've had in the game so far is sometimes just like the training sequence challenges they make you do because some of them are like stealth challenges and i'm like oh i, I like i want to do stealth stuff. the predator challenges are fucking that's cool. what i mean right? yeah and those like, are great i feel like those are kind of few a little bit more few and far between in this, this. Some side quest like, stuff they don't that even tell you that you have detective vision for like the first hour and a half they don't tell you a lot of shit i forgot so many things it never i'm pretty sure it never told me hold up to scan stuff to find riddler solutions i don't think that ever nope, happened it never tells you that i that did it by accident seems like a problem to me yeah uh and there are numerous systems it just doesn't talk about ever and it doesn't re- i it doesn't explain that you can call in the batmobile as part of combo stuff does it I, I don't think it, ever, it It explains you can call in the Batmobile, but the combo thing was just a prompt that popped up on screen, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it happened at Ace Chemicals. They teach you that at Ace Chemicals. Like, you, you do uh, some... So the Batmobile does have some cool puzzle opportunities once you get to Ace Chemicals, which you're coming up on now, uh, where you use it remotely to, like use the winch to lift something so that Batman can get in like an elevator and then you put it down and you control him and the Batman and the Batmobile separately to solve a puzzle. And that's cool. Uh, and by the end of that sequence of Ace Chemicals, you can then, because the Batmobile is nearby, because that's how the scenario works, you learn to team up with the Batmobile for combos. Hmm. I would so really it, like to see someone who's not rock steady do a Batman game. It is really good, though. Like, I'm the, really enjoying it. The Batmobile it. complaints aside, the Batmobile probably makes up like 10% of the game. Yeah. And, and it's the rougher 10%, but the rest of it is still really good yeah, yeah so, when i got over here to casa de arthur tonight and you were playing yeah. batman mitch uh like 
I remarked that like, hey, the combat still looks good. Yeah, feels so really good. There's I super love Batman. Lots combat. of new moves and new enemy types, and again, like the team up attacks are great. If you're in a fight sequence with Catwoman or Nightwing, being able mm. to team up with them, not like you you press two buttons and you basically just like uppercut something into the air, and Nightwing comes and finishes him off, and then you switch to Nightwing. Nice. So you play as this other character for yeah. a little bit. I didn't it, know that. Yeah, it's a very pretty game. It is very. It is beautiful. really pretty. It's like, and I was asking Mitch, I was like. Is this what the other ones looked like? Because in my mind, it's how they looked. But it's no, no, they definitely um, did not. This is like all the other ones were done before, like Unreal Engine three point nine or whatever. Yeah. Like this is Samaritan level Unreal Engine, like Thief was. Yeah. Um, and part of me wonders if that's why, like, it has so many technical problems on PC and on the consoles a little bit too. Like, yeah. that Unreal Engine was never intended to do open world games. Well, it was and also never intended to be on PS four. Well, and so, that too. Yeah, that too. Uh, so, like the parts where it chugs are like the parts where it's it's having trouble streaming in the world fast enough. So, like basically Batmobile parts. Yeah. Mm. Like my PC version ran fine until I got in the Batmobile, and then it just like took a shit. It's fine on console. Like streaming seems okay. Yes, but the, it's different. Like because you know exactly what kind of speed you're getting from yeah. the console, from the memory, from the hard drive. Yep. Whereas PCs are different. What a disaster that um, is. Yeah. Is it on sale again yet? Uh, no. On PC, no, not, yet. no. not as we record, anyway. Yeah, this is on a Wednesday, and yeah, it was it was interesting reading uh, Patrick Klepik's article, uh, where he got a lot of uh, uh, statements from people that supposedly worked in the QA department at Warner Brothers on Batman, and that these were problems that were apparently present for a very long time that weren't fixed on I the mean, PC. Yeah, version. it's like I told Patrick, the what, what happens on a multi-platform game is at some point they keep trying to integrate new things from the engine, like a 3.9 Shadow that you're talking about. Mm. And at some point they're like, oh, we haven't got it all in on the PC one. But they're like, well, we need to branch because we need to give the person who's finishing the port something mm-hmm. to go and work on. So then they do that, and the people that are working on the port get that, and they don't get any of the advancements that Rocksteady's making on PS4. I think the suggestion today in that story that. was that it doesn't sound like Iron Galaxy did the PC version. It sounds like Rocksteady did the PC version, and Iron Galaxy helped with the console versions. Hmm. Crazy. I, Interesting. Either way, the teams, though, after they branch, one branch gets kind of left behind <coughs> while the team focuses on making stuff to the other one, and then like the B, the B squad has to work on the other one and get it as good as it can be. Right. right. Which I makes mean, sense. You can't like you can't work. You can't have one team working on like multiple platforms all at the same time. <laughs> Also, At least not in a game like Batman. Like they were clearly struggling to get that game together in time for release <laughs> on consoles. No yeah. shit, they delayed it forty five times. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that like that was in the story as well. That, that like they just they misspecced what the consoles could do. Like and they like basically the game was not working mm-hmm. for the, an extended period of time. And finally, they got it working. But like the PC version, you have to throw a hell of a machine at the game to get it to run, and there's stuff that's just not in it. Yeah, uh, I am really enjoying it though. They're, it's good. It is very, very good. There are really strong story elements. It's much. Which... It's a lot of Arkham City. Like it's a bigger Arkham City. It seems mm. like. Yeah, but the tone is really different, and the presentation of the story stuff that I'm really enjoying is very is this different. M is this Batman M? Yes, and it's interesting because sure. there's like cool like little side missions they build upon over time. Those are my favorite things in the whole game. Exactly, because it's actually like the real detective yep. work of Batman. Because nice. it, it's an unknown villain most of the time. It's like they, When you're doing the Scarecrow, it's like, 
going after the scarecrow and his mm-hmm. boys and it's like an episode of the animated series mm-hmm. whereas when you go after like an anonymous killer and you're trying to figure out his mo and stuff like that hmm. that's more like the daily life of batman i feel like that we never get to see yeah. but yeah. that's like a real cool batman and that, that's why like my favorite missions in city were the hush murders yeah the, definitely. that was the ones where you had to like recreate the murder scenes yep. and stuff like that yeah. yeah 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 arkham city was t and this is m okay I don't know why this is M. I guess, like, the tone is super fucking dark. I mean, it mm. opens with, like, people ripping each other to pieces. Yeah, and a cop shooting up a diner. Like, it's really fucked up. I didn't places. shoot up the diner. You Neither just stood I. there and waited? I stood there and waited, and then you get tackled. Funny. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's... And you survive, too. I think, like, you're, like, you're, in the hospital. Yeah, or you're, you're, you see that cop in prison. You see him in prison. Yeah. He's locked up and kind of losing his shit. Uh, but the, the Scarecrow Toxin effects in that game are really haunting and you see the effects of it pretty profoundly yeah Yeah, and regularly specifically yeah Hmm. and there's like i just i'm trying to avoid spoilers because there is so much cool shit to spoil but have you gotten to the flashback yet oh yeah of course fuck me was that like they have so many great moments like that where you like turn around and the world is it his parents no 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 no. it's Mm -hmm. it's good (laughs) <laughs> like you turn around in one moment and the whole fucking world just changed it's like where I am i oh my god i actually wow. saw it and i knew that it had happened before i saw it because the texture of my foot by, by my foot and the camera changed and i was like uh funny because it was <laughs> it was totally set up on a trigger that was like when player is past this point and not yeah. looking we'll switch it there's some good mm. shit like there's some really good jump scares with, with there like is that a too. jump scare there, there were two is... or three where i turn around like fuck what are you doing here jesus <laughs> um Here's the thing, like, about this game, and it goes back to something I was asking you about Star Wars. Like, at some point, like, what people keep asking for is, like, a better, like, sharper, more visually intense and impressive interpretation of the same Batman stuff that we've been seeing. Yeah. Like, over and over again. Just, like, Battlefront is, like, hey, it's all the shit you've been playing in Star Wars games for the past 20 years. It's just in greater verisimilitude now like in that in a lot of ways that feels what arkham knight is it's like hey it's gotham and it's so pretty so i'm i'm really enjoying it i really hope this is the last like honestly i hope this is the last rocksteady batman game i ever play i don't want them to do another one where there's five islands and it's bigger and, i mean i could get down with like an animated series style batman like I, I, i'd be there day yeah, one yeah i mean i love what they do but I would like to see them do something different. I hope Arkham is over. If they want to do another Batman game, I think like the speculation is like a Justice League game or something in time for a movie. Sure, yeah. I'm sure Warner Brothers would love that. I bet they would. But I don't think Rocksteady (laughs) would be able to do it. I also just don't think that's a game people want. Like, it would be cool to play as Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman and Green Lantern and and it's like the list goes I mean, on. And at what point does you okay. not have a focus? I feel like if no, it would probably have to be something like Batman in Justice League. You know what I mean? Sure, You'd like still he's be the primary, he's just part of the mm. world, right? And maybe there's like a Wonder Woman quest line. No, yeah, like you play as Batman or Green Arrow or like another hero whose mechanics will be functionally similar. Yeah. So I wonder also, like, um, I just want your guys' opinions on this. Like, uh, I feel like with batman animated series even more than the movies like handling the batman villains is a delicate process because they can be pushed toward all feeling so much the same in the wrong hands and rocksteady seems to have done a very good job of maintaining the right feel for all of the villains it, it, with the exception of the riddler stuff we already talked yeah, about yeah i think it in this i think a lot game? of that comes down to their mission design because mm-hmm. here you have you could have Penguin and Two-Face just being generic, regular mm-hmm. 
conniving mustache twirling villains right. but here they like their quests are hey two-face is robbing all the fucking banks can you stop him mm-hmm. or penguin has arms shipments throughout the city please stop those mm. so there is a narrative thread mm-hmm. connecting you to a villain and you're kind of like working your way up to get them to take them down i miss the sort of more sophisticated dynamic that Batman had in like the animated series again as an example with a lot of those villains as opposed to in these like in these it is almost strictly antagonistic with the exception of Catwoman mm-hmm. uh, which is a whole different kind of fish and <laughs> Ivy in some way uh, but like in animated series and in the comics like there's a, a feel of like obligation and guilt in the ways that Batman deals with Two-Face sure, and yeah. there is like a semi respect of Batman from the penguin. Mm-hmm. Like and the penguin is very rarely hands on. Like he is almost always distant enough to maintain deniability. And like that sophistication makes him a more interesting character. Yeah. You know? it, it just makes him seem like a smarter villain too. Yeah. And Batman's quest in Gotham isn't to, it's like, it's not only to end crime, but it is, it is to redeem its leaders. Right. He wants to bring Penguin to justice and like fix him and turn him into a regular guy. Like in the animated series, it seems like he cares about Gotham. And sure. in Rock City's Batman games, it's he's an angry dude who wants to beat the shit out of everyone. Yeah, which that, is especially he, true in this game. He's a fucking uh, asshole. <laughs> yeah, Penguin's like, been different in a lot of different things though too. In the comics, it's true. But I right, mean, and I'm just saying that like so Rocksteady, it's tough. Like, which Penguin do you try and? I, I just well, I, I feel like Rocksteady has like been pulling from the animated series lore more than any other, and you know, but then they like the right pump decision. it through the Frank Miller filter. Yeah, yeah exactly. Time. Because you know, it's like the the great thing about the animated series is that. Batman always treated the villains like he he like he was trying to redeem them and they just wouldn't let him. You know? Yeah. It was uh uh you know, especially with people like Two-Face that he had such a long history with, but I mean it was the same thing with like uh, Mr. Freeze. And they were sympathetic. Yeah, like, exactly. Like Clayface was sympathetic every time you saw him. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the I don't know. That's not obviously not what they're going for. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not Which saying it is. Out, yeah. I'm not saying it's it's what they have to. I just say that like I think that that is a more interesting way to deal with villains than what I typically have seen in yeah. their games. Well, I think that's what I was getting at with my first question is like the delicate way that you have to handle Batman villains so that they don't feel all the same where you're eh. just like kick this guy's ass. Sure. Move on. And it is, there is a bit of that, right? You I mean, hear, there's the Arkham Knight, I guess. Yeah. Arkham Knight is the most kind of sociopathic Batman villain where all he hears about is killing Bruce, mm. but that is specifically a thing about his character, and that's mm-hmm. justifiable, and there is a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately is an interesting dynamic in mm-hmm. that he knows Bruce, but mm-hmm. Bruce doesn't know why. He knows that he has some connection to this person, so he has Alfred like looking through databases. He's like, find out who the fuck I've locked up in Arkham who isn't out tonight. Who else is out there? Like, who knows and thinks who thinks they know me, who thinks like I do, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool, and I'm enjoying like discovering who that character is, and it's fun. Spoilers, it's Alfred. Spoilers! That's why that he's would so be reluctant. So <laughs> Every fucking... time he's like, there's a lot of names to go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, weird. The, sorry, the internet went down, Bruce. I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you do have some generic stuff right like you when you do go to stop two-face from knocking over a bank his dialogue and his mannerisms are similar to scarecrow like the tone Mm -hmm. is different because the performances are different but Mm -hmm. the sentiment is the same as when scarecrow gets on the pa and is generally just mean like oh bad man tonight it's like well if we don't have him talking over pa we they won't remember that it's two-face that's the bad guy (laughs) i don't know yeah um yeah i just i don't like batman in this game a lot Mm. i understand 
some of the stuff they're doing. I think it's interesting that he's pushing away the people that are close to him. People, mm-hmm. Robin and Barbara and Alfred are all trying to protect him and tell him like you are like like you are trying to kill yourself tonight. You are trying to die, mm. and it is very similar to Dark Knight Rises. It's similar to Death of the Family. Mm-hmm. They're drawing on a lot I of really good. I, new any shit. comparison mm-hmm. to Dark Knight Rises makes me like less. Well, it's like Arkham Knight. The game. comic book is what I've heard. It's I mean it is drawing heavily from the comic book Arkham Knight. Gotcha. So. Well, they they made that book for this game. Oh, did they? I thought yes. there was an Arkham Knight before. No, my they friend made... that's a Batman fan told me there's some comic that he's like, this is just like this story, which is like his favorite Batman story. So um, I'm trying to think. Interesting. Uh, was know. it Hush? Maybe Hush is really good, but Bruce is like Hush is really good. Hush is a really good Bruce Wayne story. Uh, sorry, but uh, he's just an asshole to those people. You know, he's kind of a dick to Alfred. He's really short with Alfred. He's very terse with Barbara. When Tim keeps asking to come help, he's like, no, shut up, Robin. You have more important things to do. Fuck off. <laughs> like, right, uh, see, I didn't read that as him being terse. I read that as them being like, no, Robin, we're going to make DLC where they get to see what you <laughs> Which they've already done, I'm pretty sure, yeah. So, I mean, they, so they, all of those characters are playable, right? There is a playable, like, they have, like, a DLC for Nightwing and Robin and Red Hood and Batgirl. Or Batwoman. There's sequences, right? Batgirl DLC is coming. Batgirl, yes, but yeah. not, the not like, the new Happy Babs Batgirl, sure. right? Yeah. Um, it's very much the Arkham... City Arkham. I was talking to uh, Susanna Polo, who who does entertainment and comic stuff for us, and like the the one thing that I would like to see in a Rock City Batman game that I feel would fit, and they never done Joy. is is the is Batwoman. Yeah, like specifically, she like the, a, the flowing she, red hair yes. Batwoman. Oh my god, she'd be great. Mm-hmm. She leaves a voicemail for Bruce, which is just like twisting the knife when you go to the flowing Wayne, Wayne red Tower. hair Batwoman. You uh, is she like the, the art was uh, like just super. Art Nouveau, like, really intense, like, sort of ethereal hallucination kind of shit. Batwoman is different than Batgirl? Yes. Yes. Have you read the... Of which there have been several. Batwoman? Okay. No, it's fucking. I didn't awesome. read any of the, any of like the new Fifty Two stuff after like a couple months because I thought it was so bad. Oh man, no, all the Bat stuff, like Batman, Batwoman, Batgirl, were all good. Right? I thought Batman Incorporated was an interesting idea, but yeah, they gave up on that pretty quickly. There's also like all the extra Batman shit, like Detective Comics and fuck all that like too many scott snyder's batman is awesome too many spiders mans (laughs) yeah yeah new 52 is great but it it sounds like you know like yes we're being critical of it because that's just kind of how we think of games but it sounds like you guys are still no i'm gonna i mean mitch came over to my house and downloaded his and like signed in and i send my girlfriend daily emails about what i would like to do this evening Mm because i'm trying to be more like aware of my time because i'm working so much mm-hmm. and i always send her a thing and i'm like this 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 and every night the, the sentence ends and hopefully some batman <laughs> that's like how it goes <laughs> so it's a hard game to play in short bursts too i mean i i went to play through the tutorial and i wanted to do one mission and i ended up playing three hours and finishing the ace chemicals that's how i did to see the ace chemicals all in one run because they just do such a really they're so smart about giving you motivation and that's, that's good open world design yes like, and they're very good at just well, it's saying okay well here's the next it's thing it's right like over there la noir and some other games where there's there is an open world but they pull you along if you let them well enough that you don't ever need to do the open world stuff you yeah. can treat it like a linear story game. yeah so that's i do i do appreciate that because i'm not much of a just go like, randomly explore an open world my one big annoyance with the open world design is that you start out on Bleak Island, and then you can open up into the second island, and then you can go to the third. Is it really called Bleak Island? Yes, Bleak with an E. 
It's <laughs> the most fucking Batman thing you've ever heard, right? <laughs> so these islands open up. The second one opens up pretty early, and I did like all the side quests. I was fi- I have finished almost all of them. I have like one thing left to do for each of them. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I think I have to proceed to the story to a certain point before it'll allow me to get to the finales for all these side quests, which is really annoying. Yeah. I wanted to go finish the serial murderer case because it was really interesting and it was drawing me along really well. And I was like, this is fucking great. They're really good at this. Yeah. And I get to the door to finish the mission and it's like, nope, you need the Batmobile on this island, Batman. And I don't know why because you walk through a door and you don't use your fucking Batmobile. <laughs> I don't know. But it's just it's, a way of gating you. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the third uh, island needed to be had the bridge down so my Batmobile could cross it so that I could... I don't know. It's that kind of shit is really annoying. Can't the bat jet just like fly that fucking thing over? Right, right. Because the bat jet re- appears regularly, <laughs> but you never use it. It's always just like a drone to bring shit to you. Yeah, <laughs> to bring you a fucking hook and a cable. Blah. Yeah. That's why they need to do uh, the next Batman Arkham City Arkham Knight thing. Uh, needs to be a crossover with Just Cause. I, like the thing that that sort of has tied their hands. I think in the kinds of games that they can make is arkham like mm. the it has to be it has to keep relating to arkham like it has to be in gotham city it has to be this it has to be that like so the name arkham knight is so dumb it doesn't make any where, sense there's never any connection to arkham batman city or arkham asylum to, where else does batman operate though right uh, it's always gotham batman can go wherever he wants he's like yeah, the but richest why not dude gotham on the planet knight? that's really fucking cool why arkham knight because arkham is like the contain is the brand <laughs> it's well, of course branding, i yeah. i understand why they did it from a marketing perspective narratively it's fucking nonsense <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> also who would still live in, like we talked about this last time who would live in gotham after hey. after arkham <laughs> yeah. city no yeah shit. well not like, only that who but would who live, there? live in gotham just ever in general yes where where there are literally crazy people going around Things are so bad that you you hope Batman will save you. So my like comic nerd explanation for this is well, actually, <laughs> Arkham City only took place over one night. So really, Arkham City and Arkham Knight are only one bad day each in the the whole history of Gotham. I know, but people would move out of New York if the whole city ever had to be evacuated. Yeah, twice, like, twice. They'd be like, uh, it's just not worth it anymore. Like, yep. it would never recover from But it was that. fine in Arkham Origins, because it was just Christmas Eve. They were just all at home with their families. <laughs> Video games! <laughs> I almost played that game, because it took place during Christmas. Oof. God damn. I almost played it, because it looked pretty fucking cool. Lots it's, of, like, it's okay. It was, it was it's so okay. obviously the off-year Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. not even that. Like, not even the off-year Batman. It was, like, the the weird mid-period Batman like in a four-year gap of rock study study games. That was like the dad, look at me, Batman. I don't know. Uh, With a different voice actor, right? Yeah, Roger Craig Smith. Uh, so, Arthur, you said you finished a video game. I did. What? Uh, wow. I played and finished Ronin. So Ronin. is that game more... God, I always... I don't f- even know what it is. What, is, it, is that just a gunpoint clone? So... Um, I I would understand why someone would say that. So because it looks a fuck lot like Gunpoint. I it's I mean it looks like a pixelated side scrolling game like uh, Karateka. Like can the, you do okay. super jumps? game? Uh, kind of. So you can, hack things. you can jump out windows. The point of Gunpoint is to sneak into places and hack things and get away. Uh-huh. Yeah. The point of Ronin is to kill fucking everything. So is it more <laughs> Mark of the Ninja? Uh, in a way, except. So the the way that Ronin works is like it's a side scrolling thing and like there are buildings and enemies and all that. Okay. And when you're moving around environments, it's real time. Like you're walking around, okay. you're jumping, you're aiming 
with the right stick uh, if you're using a controller and that will jump on things. Um, and the, like it shows you an arc of your jump and where it'll land and all that <laughs> shit. The second that combat starts, everything stops and it becomes turn-based. Interesting. So oh. uh, I would not have thought that for are you. Are you do you swords? Yes, okay. you are a ninja. Like you are a ninja that is basically the bride from Kill Bill. Okay. Um, so combat goes turn-based. Uh, it's one-hit kills. So if you get hit by anything, you're dead. Um. So when you aim a jump in combat mode, it'll show you a a sort of white line of where your jump will land. And if it's like just because you can jump somewhere doesn't mean you'll make it in one turn. So like half of your your arc will be white and half will be red. And like basically you'll jump as far as the white thing and then your turn will end. Right. Uh, and the way that you beat people is that you you hit them with your sword, but like they can shoot you. So generally you're knocking people down by jumping into them. So how do you even dodge bullets or something? Because you are also shown a trajectory of where they're shooting. Yeah. So like, let's say that there are two dudes and one is shooting diagonally at, at 45 degrees. So you're and like, one's oh, my first jump will take me past it. Or like one shooting surf forward, one's shooting at 45 degrees. Well, this jump, won't take me all the way to them it'll leave me in midair and they'll fire and they'll miss me and then when my turn starts next if i like i'll be close enough to take one out with the sword and mm-hmm. someone will be aiming at you but your turn goes first so you'll hit the guy with the sword and then you'll be on the ground and they'll fire over you hmm. and these and like getting so, through the game is sort of anticipating how these fights will un will unfold based on the way that you're altering the combat environment. So it's like turn-based and you're being like a super acrobatic Jedi. Just yes. like out-tricking everyone. Like Yoda-style Jedi. Perfect. That um, sounds like fun. Is yeah, it that fun? sounds great. Uh, it's fun. And it's, it's mission-based, like level. Yes, it's level, level to level. It's extremely hard. Yeah. Uh, I wanted Justin McElroy to review it, and he like spent 90 minutes on the second level and said that he wasn't interested. Um <laughs> Which is fine because I actually played it, but he'd played Gunpoint, so I wanted to know, like, because a lot of people have been accusing it of ripping sure. off Gunpoint. Hmm. And my, as someone who didn't play Gunpoint but saw it on occasion, my impression was that this was much different in what you're doing. Well, Gunpoint's than, all real time, so yeah. So and he and he said that yeah, it's it's a lot different than Gunpoint in like the basic way that you play it. Um, mm-hmm. There are some very visual resemble like very visual superficial visual similarities. similarities but mechanically a very yeah mechanically game. you're doing something very different yeah. um so it gets more complicated like there will be like other ninjas that if you hit them from head on they'll just kill you <laughs> so you need to get next to them without touching them and hit them with your sword which puts them in a weakened state and you have like two turns to get to them and kill them hmm. uh and there are other cool. enemies that have machine guns that fire their guns for two turns but since you're only worrying about your moves and theirs i imagine it goes pretty fast like much faster than a typical turn-based game uh it's not like you're managing a team or anything no but like more enemies will come into an area uh. like as you're fighting uh especially as you like do objectives like more enemies will come in through doors is and stealth you, an option or do you uh, just have to go balls to the wall stealth is an option at some points but there are times where you're just gonna have to kill everybody like if someone is in light like there's a light <clears> and dark dynamic if someone is in light and other people see you like see them get killed, then that sets the whole room off. Do you like, have options you. about how you start the fight though? Like I'm gonna come yes, fucking jumping through this definitely. window like an insane person. Definitely. Like <laughs> you will be able to look at a room and say, like, well, this is how I want to handle it and see what happens. Um and for me, it's satisfying going through those parts and 
breaking it down and figuring out how best to tackle this room full of people. Like what's the most efficient, like what is the way I can do it without giving someone enough time to call security? Like what are, what are the ways I can do it without dying? Um, it sounds and, like a thinking person's hotline may have That sounds kind great. of. Uh, and like, it's especially satisfying when like the room looks like this crisscrossing of red spider webs because that's where the enemies are firing. And you find like the one like, place. Don't fucking be there. Like, you find the one spot on the wall where they're not firing. And then like once you do that, you find the next spot on the floor where they're not firing. And then as you slowly take them out. And then as like they're all reloading, it turns into like this fucking bloodbath as you just destroy them. It's exactly and, all the kind of information you would need if you were ever to try to be a Jedi in real life. Sure. Um so there's a skill tree system, but the only way you get points to unlock new things is by achieving every objective perfectly in a level. Mm. So like I don't know about that. You won't. You can't set <laughs> off any alarms. You can't kill any civilians. You have to kill all enemies, like to get a point in a level. Wow. Um, and that is not easy all the time. Uh, there are some really hard levels, and like there are a couple toward the end where instead of trying to complete it, like after like an hour, I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm getting out of here." Mm. Um, because you have to complete your objective and then make it to your motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows that ninjas only drive motorcycles. Um, so, but as you like, as you unlock new abilities, like you'll be able to throw your sword, or like you'll be able to throw a shuriken at every enemy that's like within like a, a straight line accessible from you. Can you do all that in one turn? No. Uh, like as you get kills or knock people down, you earn points on a meter on the bottom that you can use to trigger these abilities. Okay. Oh, wow. So like. Maybe I'll be able to just instantly teleport to an enemy somewhere else on the screen. Um, and this is actually sort of interesting. Like, this reveals the sort of weird limitations of the, of the people that designed it, maybe. I think it's only one or two people. Uh, in that, like, there is a teleport ability that should allow you to teleport to anyone on the screen. But you run out of buttons on the controller. But if you use a mouse thing, you can click on someone that's somewhere else. So you just can't teleport? You can't, you can't teleport with a controller. You would have to use your right, mouse because, to click wow. Because you designate the target based on a button input. Yep. I see. And Got so, it. like, you'll be, let's say that you're next to someone when a turn starts. Like, there's one on your left, one on your right. A would be the one on the left would be killing the one on the left with your sword. B would be the one on the right. Hmm. Um, and sometimes it gets mixed up. Like, sometimes, like, someone will materialize as you're about to hit A to kill someone. And, like, it'll switch the button prompts. Mm-hmm. And I've accidentally killed civilians that way. Hmm. Uh, but I just being able to go through and like executing something perfectly or near perfectly is really cool. Like how long does a mission take? Uh, you could speed run a mission probably about 45 seconds to a minute and a half, but functionally it took me a long time to do some of them. Okay. Um, especially if I was trying not to get caught. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's like an ability you can get to kill people from stealth hanging over them. So like you drop a rope and string them up. Batman. Uh, but you have to be careful because, like, you can string someone up and no one will see that you're there, but someone will see that the body went up so that, like, a timer will appear above them where they're going to call security. Uh, so then you have to. So take then you out. have to take them out before they can call security. And then as they do it, like, someone else will look around and, like, they'll be looking up and you can see that they're looking up because the game is still in real time, but a red line is appearing from them and they're sort of going up and down scanning for you. So. There's a lot of stuff to manage. You can tur- you can make it a turn at any time by hitting like the start button, um, and I think that there is a lot of deep sort of tactical possibilities to everything. And once you finish the game with, and the last level is really fucking hard. 
like really hard. And there are two ways to finish it. Uh, one of which is significantly more difficult than the other. Uh, it opens up a new game plus where like there are many more, more powerful enemies throughout the entire game that take a lot more to kill. No, thanks. Um, <laughs> but it's fun. I, I liked it quite a bit. I'd like actually. to check that out. Sounds like good times to me. I mean, I love turn-based stuff. Yeah, me too. Matt, you said you played a mobile game? I did. Uh, I got a gift, a uh, mobile gift game from a friend of mine. Uh, he's like, you should play this. You will like it. And he was right. It's called Framed. Oh, okay. Oh, that's the one where you're like putting together comic book sequences yeah, or something? Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically you're, you're rearranging comic book panels uh, to get your character from point A to point B without... Uh, running into obstacles or cops in the middle of it. It's right. essentially a noir spy thriller where you pick up the documents. You never know what's in the briefcase, but the whole thing is basically a chase sequence where the spy is running away from the cops. Um, and so, you know, it's like if you just... And the only thing that you can do is you can move the panels around and then you hit play and you see what happens. Yeah, and gonna... so you can logically determine what's going to happen by saying like, oh, he's if you, this uh there's some stairs coming up. Uh so I know that if he's running downstairs in the panel before it, he's going to continue running downstairs in the next panel. Yeah. Or, or the if you don't have a zip line outside the window, he's about to jump out. He's just going to fall and die. Right, yeah, exactly. So you got to move yeah. the zip line panel up after the window. Yep. So you create this like sequential chronological sensible order. Exactly. Uh and it gets really really clever with it. Like after a while it starts like any good puzzle game it starts adding new elements where uh these panels are actually stuck. You can't move them, but you can rotate them mm-hmm. which will do totally different things. And later on like in the beginning all the panels are all square and you just rearrange them kind of willy-nilly. Uh, and then once you press play, they're all locked in. But later on, like you have a certain amount of time where you can move the panels. So you're almost kind of doing this recursive loop where it's like he went through this panel, but I know he needs to go through it again so that he can like actually activate this lever and have this thing happen that couldn't happen until he went through the same panel twice. Uh. Uh, and it also does things where uh, it'll, a panel will be two panel, or it'll be like two panels long, you know, <laughs> and then you can rotate that so that it's horizontal or vertical so that he runs through it either like he either runs through it across like or right at the down. beginning or like if it's vertical, like at the end of the panels, he won't get it until it's the last panel. So it's almost like changing a position as well as changing a position of the panel as well as changing what the panel will accomplish. All right, that's much more complex than I thought that game was. Yeah, well, so my problem with Framed, and I stopped about halfway through, Mm. or a little after halfway, because it just started to lose me. Mm -hmm. There's a point in that game where those presentation ambitions, where it's starting to do interesting new things, starts to kind of fuck with the way you perceive it. Because in the beginning, its it's sense of space is pretty good. Mm -hmm. You move panels and he moves through the, the comic in a logical way mm-hmm. but eventually you reach this point where st- like the the movement he makes in one panel doesn't quite match up with the next panel and you might be right like that might be the correct order but it's kind of hard to determine like oh he turned right on this panel but he's actually coming from the f- from the back and turning right again like i I stopped understanding that game's sense of space and see. I thought that too, that was a problem. but then I realized that it was uh, uh, that there's always indicators. Like it, you just have to like pay really close attention. Sure, like the you blue all, and orange walls. Like the when blue you're and orange walls. The, yeah, like, yeah. Like if he goes around a blue wall, he's going to come it out on the blue match wall on the next, wall. next yeah. panel. So that stuff is there um, and it's good. But I just yeah. I reached a point in that game where I just couldn't handle 
the way it presented itself and the like the the mystery and the story and the music was all really fucking cool. Yeah. But I just grew tired of the the system, I guess. Yeah. And like I think uh, and I get where you're coming from cuz I started to feel that like, oh, is this just me pressing play the whole time? But once it started introducing the new mechanics, yeah. Uh I kind of started to re-enjoy it all over again. Plus cool. like you switch characters yeah. and there's different story points and every now and then it'll do kind of like it's equivalent of a cutscene, where the only thing you can do is like move, re- move panel A uh, over in front of panel B, and all it does is activate the cutscene in, in a way that, like, you know, they could have just played a cutscene yeah. straight through, but the fact that you have to move it means that there's a little bit of mystery to the cutscene, and it's just a spot to move the to- story forward and change characters and that kind of stuff. And you never quite figure out what's going on. Uh, and the. But there's you, you you never figure out like what's in the case or anything like that. But then you sort of realize, well, that's not really important. The the, the thing is, is there's there's three people that all want this case. You never are quite sure who's the protagonist and who's the antagonist. You're pretty sure, kind of. But then the game loops, and you're like, oh, well, the person who I thought was the protagonist isn't, or like maybe they are. Right. And uh, it all fit really well that i thought plus like the animations are Gorgeous. really good yeah great they, art style too yeah because they focused entirely on the character animations which are all in silhouette like your character is a black silhouette uh with maybe you know like uh, stark white lines for his hat or exactly. her lipstick or whatever right and uh that's really uh and they paid a lot of attention to every frame of the animation so it's like there's sometimes where you're looking overhead on a street and you're like trying to arrange the streets so that they won't run into the cops. And even the overhead animations are really impressive. And so, and like if you put a div- if you put the same tile at a different sequence in the story, you know he'll make a left turn instead of a right turn. But it's not just an animation flipped. It like looks like they actually took the time to redo an animation depending on wherever the frame is going to be in the story. <laughs> Um, so that's awesome. there, yeah, there's a lot of detail that's put into what's there, and it, it seems really limited at first. But then, the more that you get into the game, the more that you realize just how much care is involved. And, and uh, you know, it's a iOS game. It runs great on my 4S, so it runs good on older hardware. I think it was like five bucks or something. Totally worth it. I'm much more down with the game where I only have to pay once. That being said, yep. I've spent like eight, another eight dollars in Fallout, so I don't know. <laughs> I spent ten, and I was like, "I will spend ten dollars. I will build one vault with that money, and that is it." Yeah, I'm still playing it, but I, I take that game very slow. Oh I yeah, too. How, how about we talk about that Fallout Shelter? Yeah, we didn't talk about that last week. We I just asking. I play it very little. You know, I just I just play it like a few minutes before I go to bed, or I check in with the middle of the day. Yeah, like, I make sure um, the person out in the wasteland is see, still alive. But I've, mm-hmm. I've realized I've played too unaggressive. Like I very rarely send people out to wasteland. Hmm. I very rarely read people. <clears throat> really? Yeah, I'm like I oh, mostly man. just want to pull people in from the wasteland no. via radio. I'm and actually. So I've been going really slow. I so I have almost all of the the rooms that allow you to raise people's special stats. Mm-hmm. I've actually taken to training like a master, a master race. I'm gonna have to <laughs> cop to that. I'm creating like the perfect species of like wasteland explorers. Yep. So what they're like strong. They're just, just everything. everything. Yeah, just you everything. just send one dude to every room, and it's like, all right, you're a god. Go to the. I have lots. Line. I have lots of people training. Like yeah. I am, like the Russian Olympics program, <laughs> like yep. the Cold War Russian Olympics right. program. <laughs> like everybody is like doing shit all the time. <laughs> I, that's how I've been doing it too. I've been like, you two work in power. They go to school. When they're done with school, 
then you two will go to school and they'll work on power. <laughs> I just cycle them in and out. And meanwhile, and out. I just have like one person I'm sending out into the wasteland all the time, which is Eulogy Jones. Eulogy Jones. Jones. <laughs> uh, power armor with a rocket launcher. You guys did talk launcher. about Eulogy Jones last week. He's, I mean, he's got a railway as rifle. As far as I'm concerned, does armor even make a difference? I don't think it does. I, yes. I mean, it no, increases it your special. Yeah, all it does, though, is it increases their stats, but it doesn't give yes. like an armor stat or anything like that. No, you know but I mean? the higher your stats, the slower they die. Right, so I just have I sent out a guy. The more med suit. packs you send them out with, the exactly. slower they die. I sent a guy yeah. with a ton of rad packs and a ton of stim packs, and then I sent and then I he's wearing a suit that gives him like ten luck. So, so that means that he finds awesome more stuff. Yeah, yeah, and he has like a a, a laser rifle, so he nice. just goes okay. out there and runs. Oh, that's that. good. <laughs> I do like that they let you res people because sometimes I forget to check in. Yep. And oh, it's right. like, He's been oh, you left him days. in the, wa- the wasteland for like two days. And it's like he died a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, it'll, he's got like 6,000 caps on him and like 17 different outfits. And it's only 2,000 to 2,000 yeah, totally back. pay that. Totally so like, and there have been times where I haven't had enough caps. So I'm like, all right, everybody, we got to rush some production. <laughs> yeah. I bring you with you back. <laughs> is there is there a a story element no, for bringing no, people not back. At all. It's just like it's just no. You just, I, just I, I night, found it's just a them. It's just Bethesda being nice to you mechanic. Yeah, yes, they're actually for, dead too. Like it's a little grave. And through, shit, through, like, no. through two ch- chance packs, I have gotten the same character twice. Too. Really, really? Yeah. Whoa. Wow, that sucks. So I have two of the same dude in my. Did you get the Fallout Four guy yet? No, but no. I have two of the same guys in my little colony. Although mm. you can rename them all, I don't mm-hmm. win. I've only gotten so. two special dwellers. So I've far. gotten. Th- I have three special dwellers, yeah, and too. I've pulled in like another four people from the wasteland. Oh, I've called in lots nice. of people. Like yeah. I have very charismatic. Every time I load that thing up, station. I get a new person. Yeah, I actually might need to tear my radio station down and build a new bigger one. Me too. But it's going to be so expensive. It's a fun little game, and it's interesting to see. I'd be curious to find out. You know, we've heard anecdotal stuff, but I'd be curious to find out how profitable it is for them. I mm-hmm. thought you were going to say what the vault names are. No, no, no. Just oh, how, we already know that. Just how, 20, 69, just, just, how pro- just how profitable it is for yeah. Bethesda, you know? Because the transactions really are so optional. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I haven't spent any money on that game. And there's no, yeah, there's no reason to. And there's no ad in-game advertising. So it's like, I'm curious to see... Because it's just like this super cool game that doesn't require some money. Part what of me of conversion they have feels mm-hmm. like they should have just charged like a dollar for it. Everybody would have fucking bought it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they thought about that too. But a one dollar Fallout game on iOS and instead, it's, it's a fucking yeah. fantastic advert. Like I have not forgotten Fallout. But now it's been also in the I top. Think about Fallout every now day. it's in the top charts. And once you have one big top chart game, then if Bethesda does put out another game that's a dollar, they can advertise for it in. Fallout like how could they has. do a, sci- a Skyrim free to play game? Uh, they're going to do it when it's the, no. They're going to do it with the card game they announced. They have Skyrim Hearthstone. Uh, no, but he's saying something. Yeah, something like, like this. It'd something. be like make your own. Dude, make your own. I mean, Elder Scrolls Hearthstone, even though Elder Scrolls is totally I, a secondary brand to Skyrim. So that's the thing that I wonder about. Like, I'm a little surprised that they didn't call Elder Scrolls Online Skyrim Online. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's, it's not just Skyrim. I know, but Skyrim is it's what people know brand. more than oh, Elder Scrolls now. Like, because that game has sold what, like, almost thirty million units or something. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. So I've definitely been playing that Fallout Shelter. Took me a while to figure out that if people have the same last name. It's not because they're married. It's because they're, they're kids. It's because it's a kid and a yeah. mother. Hmm. Also, so I love spending the, time with my family. I kept on putting them in there. I was like, how come I don't have babies? <laughs> Why won't you do it? <laughs> uh, Fallout Shelter is the number 11 grossing game on the App Store right now. Grossing? Grossing? Top grossing well, on the that's, App Store. That's, right now. So it is out money. doing Marvel Contest of Champions, Heyday, Beats Music. Uh, 
What's at the top? Game of War. Sims, it's beating Tim, Tapped Out right now. Uh, Clash of Clans, Game of War. Okay. Pandora, Spotify, Boom Beach. Yeah. Okay. Candy Crush, Jurassic World. Typical. Jurassic World. The typical ten. And then some casino shit. Um, that's. I mean, yeah. So it's obviously probably made more money than they spent on it. I'd imagine, because this was probably like a, pro- a pet project of like ten people at the studio. Yeah. But now it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with mobile now that they. You know, because they've dipped their foot in the water, and they're like, "Oh, it is, it is warm, <laughs> it is warm and good to be." It's way cheaper to make these than those fucking giant open world games we've been slaving away on. Exactly. Fuck that. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure they'll continue to do those. Just but Bethesda I, now a mobile developer. You they seem like a studio that has a passion for making those games. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that I could see them bringing on additional 15 people that just does mobile just games to mobile help part, keep yeah. the everything. It, it's weird. There aren't actually a lot of AAA studios where I feel like they really love the games that they're making. Yeah. Like well, even the, like Fallout Shelter, I can tell, is like a labor of people that are like, we yeah. love Fallout. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's like, and you know, whereas if they, I don't know, like a lot of these companies end up giving it to third parties. And I'm sure some of them love it. Like, you know, but it's like, I don't know. Like Battlefront definitely seems like people who like want to make the best game they can. I don't know that it feels like a labor of love. Like... I think more than Battlefield, this game definitely feels like Dice gives a fuck. Battlefront, yes. The com- the commitment to authenticity in that game is real. It comes off like they really, really, I, really want it to feel like Star Wars. I, mm-hmm. I think that that's all fine. I just don't think that that's the same as like a a desire for authenticity is not the same as passion. Like, and I just I can't look at that game and see anything but like okay, if we a do this, can shooter. we do Mirror's Edge, please? Like, please. Well, to some extent, I mean, working yeah. on a license thing as someone who has done that is like it takes away a little bit because you're like oh, someone man, what else if we shit. made the character did this and it's like no they don't get to do that because yeah. that's not part of it and you're like well yeah but at the same time like if you're if something like star wars where you can have the you can have the passion for the property and for the ip and for the world and everything and you can you know you could pour that into a project even if it's not an original ip true just because you you love the world so much I feel like that, like putting that game out, has got to be like trying to bottle train a pack of hyenas. Like <laughs> the the fan base for all of that stuff is so rabid in so many oh, ways. I think there's going to be plenty of fans hate about that game, like Battlefront fans, and then there will be and like, Star Wars fans, and then there will be new people that play and they're like, oh, I just like it because it's a cool game. But other people that are coming into it with Battlefront baggage, yeah, I mean, way, people are going to go into that game knowing it doesn't have space combat. And hate it because it does well, not space that, combat, even though the Anatomy combat's fucking awesome. What I've seen now, how do you get vehicles in Battlefront? So We talked about this last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last week we talked a little bit about it. I think in the one mode that we played, there are pickups in the battlefield. Right, see, that's totally different than just hopping in vehicles. Which isn't to say know. that's not how it is in another mode. Mm. Yeah. And if you play a deathmatch, it might just be there's an X-Wing there. Go get in it. Yeah, I'm just curious about that aspect of it. You know what I mean? Because to yeah. me, it is such a quintessential Battlefront thing. That there's just you go to the, the battlefield style like layer of vehicles. Yeah. And everyone just goes and hops in them and fucking takes off, and then you. Which got is your how battlefield convoy. works too. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But you, you have just your hop crazy the convoy chopper. going on right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. But you also end up with the issue that the same people end up getting the vehicle over and over again because when they die, they just wait around for the next one to spawn because they spawn back at the same area that the tanks. I I still prefer that to he ran faster than me to get to it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he knew where up. it was going to spawn and I didn't, so yeah. he ran to the pickup. Yeah. But in that I mean, mode, like, it makes a lot of sense because you yeah. don't want to have, like, especially for the Empire, because you're moving forward all the time. You mm-hmm. can't, like, oh, fuck, well, I'll just spawn at the base and get in the vehicle and fly <laughs> for two minutes to get to where we are. Right, right. Hmm. Um, 
Do we have enough letters to actually read some without hating the whole we world? I do. We can find some for sure. We want to take a break. Yeah. Before we take a break, I want all you fuckers to play her story for next week, so we can talk about I that. Absolutely, will not have time to do no, that. Oh my god, I'll do it, man. I'm sorry. I'm going to be gone for three I days will. next week. Please, like, if you're listening to this, please go into her story as blind as possible. Just buy it on PC. It's on mobile, but I strongly recommend that on PC. It's there's no system requirements. It's the lowest of low specs. Uh, Seems like one of those things that we probably won't be able to talk about without spoiling stuff. Yeah, and I kind of so want to just have everyone finish it, it and I want to do a spoiler segment. Sounds good to me. Because that it is a mystery with some very specific shit that I want to talk to people about. Mm. Like, I want to talk to you guys about what you think that game is about. I want to talk to you what you think this right murder on. mystery case is about. Alright, so... Go do uh, some detective work. Go research. Yeah. Rebel FM homework. Play her story. I ain't gonna do my homework. Hmm. <laughs> I will. It's, I mean, even if I have to stay up late to do it. Hey. <laughs> I was resting my head against yeah, the microphone. Yeah, you are having a bit of a nap. You had a good break. my existence. Yeah. How are you feeling about yourself right now? I'm feeling pretty good, actually. It's all right. Well, I'm let's change good. that and read yeah, some emails. Yeah, let's read an email that, like, completely reverses that impression. Yeah, let's, we're going to read an email from Scott, who... Who is it, angry at He's Mitch. from Fault House, which, quote, is cold and windy most of the year and wet almost all so of the year in Scotland, season. which explains a lot about his salty fucking email. <laughs> Scott writes in... And says, sorry, turns out I'm not a, sorry, turns out I am a fanboy after all. Always a good way to start your email. After the big two held their press conferences at E3, Mitch stood in front of a camera in his role as an IGN employee and was asked the question who had the better press conference, Microsoft or Sony? Well, I thought this is a no-brainer. Microsoft had Halo 5, Gears of War Ultimate, Forza 6, all exclusive titles and all released this year. They had Fallout 4 with mods, they had Rise of the Tomb Raider, they had backward compatibility. Uh, quote, it's gotta be Sony, he says, announcing those three huge games. The Last Guardian, in development forever, Shenmue, not even a game at this point, and Final Fantasy VII, not exclusive. What I think to myself, is Mitch mental, or is it me? Best regards! It's, well, it's, it's, Best regards to you, you salty <laughs> son of a bitch. There's a, big, there's a big difference between... Love you, Scott. ...who has a cooler lineup, and who had a better presentation. Yeah. And Sony's presentation just caught a lot of people off guard. That's yeah. just and And not only that... But Sony, in general, usually has better presenters yes. than Microsoft They does. have personable people like Adam uh, Boyd's on stage. I Most think the they time. sucked at the, the share. I think but that I'm saying in really... the past. Like, it, typically, yeah. their, their people have usually been better. But, but Microsoft is a bunch of robots. Like, Mikey Barra does amazing work at Xbox, but that guy on stage is not interesting. But right? I think Phil's all right. Phil's great. Um, I think Phil is I think a though, human that being. They, the, the Sony one, too, you got to attribute, you know, something's always a recency effect. We had just seen the Sony one. You come off and you're fucking pumped right. about it. So there, there's like a lot of things at play. Like Sony always has the advantage of going like 12 hours or whatever, or like eight hours after Microsoft. Yeah, they can which, take their plan B and C folders. Yeah, exactly. and like they most certainly have done that in ways that have radically changed the industry basically overnight. Like, there, were, there were some things that I had heard were supposed to be on stage that were pulled. Uh, and some things. stuff that were pulled that ended up on stage. How about that? Yeah. Can you not talk about any of those? Nope. No, not really. Um, 
So yeah, that's the most infuriating kind of discussion. What on the, the hell podcast. kind of journalisms is this? Uh, the kind where you respect. I your think sources. for Microsoft, a lot of press. <laughs> first of all, had heard almost everything that was going to be at that show. At Sony or uh, at Microsoft? Microsoft. Oh, oh, you mean... Although we, we had heard just about everything at Sony's show as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, rumored in some way, but a lot of it seemed totally... I mean, I think a lot of people were like, we knew all three of those announcements were happening. Like, like we had by, really by good Sunday afternoon, I think that we had a pretty good grasp of what was going to be announced. I just feel like the Microsoft one, I was like... The only thing that they could announce that would really excite me is something crazy from Rare. And I was and like, they yeah. did. But it was awesome. So See the thing about, great. about Microsoft's press conference that kind of bit that. them in the ass of is that, like, almost everything is expected. Yes. Like, Halo Even 5 Gears was announced Ford. two years ago. Very Gear, typical. Gears, I mean, I think that Gears didn't stream well. I thought that that game looks really good. I agree. Um, I just I think, think the demo it, itself is a little It's unremarkable. a really boring demo. Like, yeah. everybody knew that Gears Ultimate Edition was a thing. Yeah. Like. Rare replay is cool, but it's not a big deal. And like Forza is great, but everybody knew about it. Like I don't think that there were a lot of surprises. Yeah, I mean, it would have even Microsoft press conference would have felt even more like that in some ways if they had still had the Call of Duty deal, because then it would have been like, ah, and here's another Call of Duty. Right, and so like the the other thing is that like for things that are de rigueur for Microsoft, like are surprises for Sony, like the Call of Duty stuff. But like not only that, but they also had the thing from Gorilla, which was like another Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, they also had Battlefront stuff on stage. They had, I mean, like this isn't just like in that video we shot. The internet went fucking loco about it because they thought me saying Sony had a great press conference. I think they they edged out over Microsoft with this phenomenal conference. That the interpretation is Microsoft was bad, which I I think they were all all good. of it was great. I I think that and again like there's just more excitement coming out of Sony's because it's like holy shit we never thought this would happen. Yeah, uh, not necessarily for press, but even for press like we knew what was going to get announced, but even like learning a day before, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, really? was, Shenmue, it wasn't Kixer, even, really? Shenmue well, was not a surprise. Like the Final Fantasy thing, we found out very late. Well, like, it wasn't. Even, I mean, like, I, but as from the consumer perspective exactly. as well, like you know, me who's not in the press anymore, exactly. and I like, it's get super exciting. Like, yeah. it is super exciting because, like, yeah, like the the Sony press conference, like the Last Guardian, you know, like yeah, it had been rumored for a while, and it was just like really gratifying. And it's how they opened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was super gratifying just to see it happen and go right. like, yes, thank God. Like, so, but then two more surprises that were like. Almost on that, almost on that level, or greater than that level. I, I would say that they're bigger. Yeah, like, they're they're, big, they're they're bigger for other people who are not me. But like that, that seven trailer was so fucking good too. <laughs> it was um, great. I I think that like for Microsoft, the unexpected stuff for Microsoft were things that were like more meat and potatoes cool than holy shit this is amazing right like even backwards compatibility which is I think really fucking cool it is, like, that is great. it's like cool I get to play my old games but no one's talking about it right now because it was still was only available to partners yeah it's like, like the, preview, the preview members program, yeah. yeah like it's it's gonna launch this fall and I think that people will will latch onto it a little more when I just it's think like, that it would have had the extra oomph there like and, and it's out go now. right now. Yeah. Well, no, but the great thing, and the the great thing about that though is that like there absolutely are 360 games that like I go back and I think I would like to play right. that again, but I am not going to go through. No, the, I'm not going to hook up my, I'm 360. Not hook yeah. my 360. Um, and like just being able to have them available again is a really so nice thought. I think it's cool, and like I think that that conversation will come back around like in fall when people who pre-order Fallout 4 get Fallout 3. On their Xbox Ones right. yeah. because like they they got that comes with it I and that kind of thing great. is cool but it doesn't beat me over the head with my own nostalgia the way yeah. that the Sony announced and that's did. like that it, it was like 
the Sony press conference was the NeoGAF wish fulfillment hour. Like, <laughs> and it's very, like, very much. it's like saying Santa Claus is going to visit yeah. and it doesn't matter what Santa Claus brings. The fact that you're saying Santa, like the Santa possibility Claus, and potential gifts though. <laughs> yeah. That's what made it so cool. I yeah. mean, no, it's Santa Claus saying I'll be back in a couple of years. Like very much so. Yeah. I mean, with Sony's anything you ever asked for Sony's conference was very much on 2017, late beyond. 2016. Yeah. Right. Which is something that like is well, most of it's lost to me this in the, year. This year, yeah. But Sony yeah. has Gears Sony was not this year. No, well, no. no ultimate the is. ultimate edition is this like year. They had some very distant announcements, which is why, right, what, which I'm saying, Forza the, 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 rare, the new rare game isn't this year. Like, I feel like the, sure. It, I'm not saying everything was this year. I'm saying the majority of their stuff is focused on this and, year, and, the and Sony, it's stuff the that was previously announced. Yeah. Yeah, and the Sony stuff like was definitely further out than a lot of the Microsoft the stuff, only, but that was lost on me at E3 week. The because, only stuff like, that I was Sony's, caught up into the into the hype of it all. Sony's twenty what year is it? Fifteen twenty fifteen is Destiny and Star Wars and Call of Duty and mm-hmm. third party games that they are presenting as exclusives, which is brilliant because they need that right now because they don't have Uncharted Four coming this year. They have mm-hmm. the collection. So that stuff, that's a good play, and it makes them look good. Those are also good exclu- the good exclusives to have in the mind of the consumer. Mm-hmm. Those are good the, games to I, have partnerships with. I think that it's it's an I and I said this on Beyond when I was on eighty three. Like it's nice to want things, yeah. But like there was a a great deal of backlash about the Call of Duty stuff, which surprised me a little bit. Backlash how as in like giant fucking petitions. That it, oh, like that, the change.org petition and all that crap. Yeah, that it was on yeah. Sony stages that are Microsoft. Like, bring it back to Microsoft stage. Like, all right, dude, if you want to. Go I mean, but it's not just and- it's not the stage that they're mad at. It's the DLC a month late, like that they're mad at. Sure. Yeah. Welcome like, to being Sony players for the last. Yeah, but uh, also years, like years? Activision and Microsoft have been selling Xboxes for the past two years based on it being the Call of Duty system, and so for it to flip, like I don't care, but yeah. people are mad. Yeah. Uh, just like I don't care that a Metroid game that's not a Wii U Metroid Prime like Blockbuster was announced, but people were mad. Hmm. Eh. Uh, people should be mad. <laughs> that game sucks. I <laughs> so Star Fox. Um, I the thing that that sort of undermines Sony there is that like Battlefront will be available on Xbox One a week before it's on PS4, and Call of Duty is still going to sell on Xbox One. I don't know if it's going to sell better. Sure. I just know it's gonna like people are still gonna play it there. I think it'll still outsell on Xbox One. I, I don't know that it'll sell as well as I it don't, did. I think that it'll sell better on PS4. That would be small. so um, fascinating. Depending on whether or not Microsoft can butter Activision up with some like packing stuff, maybe that'll change. But the yeah. point is that like at E3, it's not about the practical reality. Like because Sony does this a lot, where they have like their sort of like super crazy press <laughs> conferences where they show a bunch of shit, and everyone's like, "Well, Sony won E3." Like well, Sony's so Microsoft, one. I mean, the Hololens is everyone was like, "Oh, it's so crazy," and it's like TBD. Yeah, yeah then you use it, and you're like, "Ah, oh, well, <laughs> maybe not." Right, but again, like, there's a lot of shit that Microsoft showed at their press conference that's this year. Yeah, like that's their stuff, which is great, and it makes me very excited to play my. Xbox but it's not great year. for an E3 press conference because we knew about all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, and a lot of it was sequels too. There was no surprises. Again, that's just right. or no like surprises. boring demos for games I want to play. Like I'm super stoked about Rise of the Tomb Raider. That me too, and I thought that demo sucked. Bad. Yeah, okay, but I'm like, um, but I know that's like a day one. Yeah, purchase. but I'm still gonna play it. Like you don't yeah. need to show me that because I'm gonna be there. And like maybe you'll be more excited, uh, person in Scotland who is salty at Gamescom because. 
that is when Microsoft is showing like their 2016 stuff and crackdown and like, quantum break. Yeah. Like I'm really curious to see what quantum break looks like. I'm really know. curious to see what the fuck I mean, I like is. what that studio does. So yeah. I want to see what quantum break ends They've up. They've never um, made a bad game. I think all of that stuff will look really cool. I'm really curious yep. to see all that. But like when it comes to a holy shit press conference, like being later in the day helps showing a bunch of stuff that's not going to be out for a long time helps like giving people what they've been begging for, like, or what a very an extremely vocal conversation dominating minority has said they wanted because that's what Shenmue is. Like yeah. those games never sold. No, like, they always sold like shit. That is the game Shenmue, that sank Sega. I don't know why Shenmue has this following. I don't understand. It is a really it. cool game. It's not going to lie. I played though. Yes. I played two at the time. And I that was like a game that totally took over my life. I mean, there have been like very direct spiritual successors to Shenmue from Sega that have never sold well here. Yeah. Which is Yakuza. Yakuza are, are Shenmue games. Ooh, Yakuza is really good. I do like they those games. They are really good. Yakuza is straight inspired. Shenmue has Shenmue. a lot of mechanics now that are hard to hold up, but at the time it was fucking great. And it was the first game that kind of put in quick time events and stuff. Yeah. But those bastards. Thanks for nothing. Thanks, you, I Suzuki. Like, I like well done quick time. Events. I do. Um, um, moral of the story is find a passion in your life that is not caring so deeply about what other people on the internet think about something <laughs> about an E3. I think conference. if you have an Xbox, especially this year, you should be really excited about all the shit you're getting. Totally. And like, me saying or anybody saying that Sony had a really good E3 is not taking that away. And, from and I do think that like the the hangover is like or like the buzz is wearing off from E3, like the sort of intoxication of like holy shit, look at all this stuff that's coming out in two years, and people are starting to say, like, but Sony doesn't have anything this year, which is really weird. Like, that, and that, that's the way that this stuff goes. Like, yeah. E3 is a distortion bubble of, like, the actual situation. And to say nothing of, like, and even conversations about whether or not Xbox One has a better lineup ignores the fact that Sony is kicking their teeth in. Yep. Like, you should uh, just quit being an idiot and make a PC. <laughs> just don't buy Arkham Knight or any other big game Play that invariably will be fucking a, broken. Yeah. <laughs> Every request from uh, Aphelion12, which is XII on Twitter, who said that Anthony made the funniest sound in the world on the last Rebel FM. It was at 2423. I need to isolate this clip. So I don't know what that is. I don't know what sort of sound I, I could have made because no one left. I don't know. I so don't know we'll, have to, we'll have to see. You'll have to send us that. <laughs> um, Daniel wrote in and he said Sunday night I was checking out some gameplay of Marvel Heroes on Twitch and came across a channel with a couple playing the game and he says a husky bearded fellow and his wife were in the middle of a raffle and someone in chat informed me that he was a CEO of Gazillion the company that makes Marvel Heroes and I inquired about Anthony he promptly responded that they knew who you were and that you were a quote key hire that's why I said I was feeling good about myself as we came off the emails. Nice. 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 So he said he may have just been shit-faced, but I thought it was a fun little story to share. And he seems like a cool guy to work for. And anyways, what, what I really want to say is, though, is that when you watch that guy, Daniel, not only is it cool because my boss streams like four times a week, mm -hmm. and it's so rare that people that make a game actually like yeah. put out stuff on it all the time and answer questions. Or yeah. have time to do but that. But two, you can ask him about Diablo 1 and 2 because he made that game. He designed Diablo <laughs> when he was in high school in his classes. So that's fucking awesome. He's pretty, you know, he's been he, around to me, to me. He's like one of those people that like I put right up there with like, you know, like you see the guy that invented Tetris and all these other mm -hmm. things. And I'm like, you made fucking Diablo, man. Yeah, that is like a game changer. You know, you made Blizzard North. So 
Just saying. I mean, I do work for the guy, but it's pretty crazy. Seems like a smart dude. Um, uh, I have a book slash Star Wars related question from uh-oh. Kenneth. Hey, it's Anthony. Fan fiction now. What's your frequency, Kenneth? It's not called. It's not fan fiction. It is now called uh, Saga. I what? believe. What? No. What? Legends? No legends. 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 I didn't oh. realize an addition to or in addition to Saga in the dictionary was added, stating doesn't matter to anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> legends. Legends. <laughs> Hey, Anthony, as a huge Star Wars fan for nearly 30 years, I'm embarrassed to say I never got around to reading any of the novels other than the shitty young adult series I read as a kid. Can I, I, read, can I re- read his email with some proper edits? Uh, with some proper edits? All right. <laughs> I like where this is going. Me too. As a Hovum Star Wars fan for nearly 30 years, <laughs> I have to say I've never gotten for nearly around how to, many reading, years? 30. to oh, reading wow. any of the novels other than the shitty young adult series I predictably read as a kid. I'm interested in purchasing an Audible subscription because I'm a fool to catch up on the current upcoming books, Lord of the Sith, Aftermath, etc., but wondering if it's worth the time to read anything that's not considered canon because I'm adult. I'd like to keep things simple and forget anything prior to Disney buyout, but I've heard great things about the Thrawn and Solo trilogies. You've heard great things about them, but you never read them. I got it. I can't even read the rest of it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Maybe he has so enraged. a life. Is it worth the time to listen and invest in these novelizations, even though they're not canon? Do they hold up on their own? On a side note, I'm really digging the Marvel comic series so far, but kind of bothered by the confrontation between Vader and Luke prior to the Empire Strikes Back. They don't thoughts. They they don't hold up alone because they are additional content on licensed characters. Like, so I will they, say this. So the Thrawn trilogy is still the a Thrawn fucking is, and awesome. I, and book uh, for series. all the shit I just gave him, by the way, I had never actually. Experienced the Thrawn trilogy myself until like a year and a half. I experienced it. So, did you like have some drugs? No, but I mean, I experienced it because the reason I said experienced is because I didn't read them. I mm. listened to the audiobooks. Ah. So, you know, that's the only way I've ever been through them. So, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. like Dark Tower, I've never read a Dark Tower book, but I've listened to them on audiobooks at least three times all the way through. Wow. Mm. Nice. So, um, but so it's like right. that's why I say it's, it is more of an experience, and especially Star Wars is an experience. As I've said many times on this, the audiobooks they do all the sound effects and all that shit. But if you're going to go for any of them, yes, the Thrawn trilogy read by only if it's read by Mark Thompson. Hmm. If it's not read by Mark Thompson, just go. What you do is you go to iTunes or your, whatever your choice is. You say sort Star Wars books, sort by unabridged because bridged shit is bullshit. Yeah, don't yeah. waste your life on that. And then you say click narrator mark thompson okay bye narrator not mark thompson garbage filter remove author karen <laughs> travis so yes um yeah those i don't know about the solo trilogy i don't know about the that's like he's talking about like the courtship of princess leia oh, and stuff like that uh, truth at bakura yeah nah, that's i would leave all those out what about the Honestly, kevin anderson seat like jason Jaina stuff you just do this you just do you read the thrawn trilogy you you listen to star wars millennium falcon and then you listen to all seven books of Star Wars, uh, Jedi, Jedi Path or whatever. It's a I know what you're talking about. The cover art is like comic book style, like white characters with like blue outlines and shit. Yeah, it's it's called it's the first book's called Outcast. You'll know. Hmm. It's like Fate of the Jedi or something like that. That's it. Yeah, Fate of the Jedi. And so it's like a seven book series that le- that Millennium Falcon, even though it doesn't show the Fate of the Jedi name, leads directly into. Hmm. So you listen to those eight. And then you spice it up a little bit here and there with some of the Rogue Squadron books. Oh, yeah, that's... And that's I like really Rogue Squadron books a lot. What was the fucking... The Ocean's Eleven book? That was called uh, Smuggler, Scoundrels. Scoundrels. No, Scoundrels? Yeah. yeah. I didn't like that book at all. 
Everyone's okay. like, it's Han and Lando doing Ocean's Eleven. High. The book it is, is just that. Boring. It's okay. Mm. It is so boring. Yeah, uh, and just uh, on his comment about like him being concerned about these because they're no longer canon. It doesn't matter. Whatever's no, canon they're, to you, they're man. Just, they're just, well, that's just that. They're, well, just fun, they're just fun stories. I mean, I, I, when people, I, see, I don't I mean, agree like with that. When no. somebody says they're going to reboot something, it's not like all of the fiction that like came prior is now no Sure, but, no, but it does. It does Force mean Awakens, that. And that stuff didn't happen because like they created stories no, in like, that I space. I watch Batman. Like, I watch... I can watch an old Michael Keaton Batman, then watch the new yeah. ones, and they tell the same story. Treat twice. it like James Bond, right? Like, exactly. It is. It is a. It is just an alternate Star Wars universe. Let's. That's Wars not canon. why those books were written. Those books were written to expand on a universe Originally, and tie everything still, and back I, and into still, it. And they're still valuable for that. You haven't seen Seven, Eight, Nine, so do it for now before they. They spoil that for you. Yeah. <laughs> also, those books, like the Thrawn trilogy and more, those books maybe aren't canon in the like they they aren't canon obviously but they contributed so much to the universe that it's still being drawn from yeah I like it like invented they're, races they're, and i characters. guarantee you they will they there are things in those books that are directly influencing seven eight nine in some ways mm-hmm. like i'm not saying directly one for one sure but just like certain paths that, that they'll take and the way I, I just it's like unavoidable if there are ones that you want you should buy them soon because That's there's no telling what they might do with those because they already pulled like they they like halted publication on like all the Star Wars comics. Well, so they halted publication on Dark Horse. Marvel yeah. owns those now and is publishing them on Marvel. Right, but like all the old Dark Horse Star Wars comics, yeah, I'm pretty sure you, you can't, can't buy them trades anymore. anymore. I don't think. Oh, so, like, like print. Yeah, like, they're they're no unless, in print. They're, they're no yeah. longer available digitally. Yeah. Like no, they, they are do not on Marvel's app. Not, not Dark, Dark Horse's Horse comics. No, Marvel's republishing them all. I thought uh, no, like maybe like the movie stuff. I'm pretty sure Dark Empire is on Comicsology. Dark Empire so. also another cool one to check out. Yeah, don't do the audio book version. But of like it, all the old Republic like stuff, like all the bad. side stuff, like none of that exists anymore for all intents and purposes. Um, as far as canon stuff goes, if you Go, want to make read... sure to read uh, what's the book that was written right after Star Wars. Before it was even episode four, it was just still called Star Wars, and they wrote a book, and then Journal of the Wills. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's called Eye of Something. I have oh, I have oh. Pa- no, not I have Palpatine. Um, I have something. Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Splinter of the I have read Eye. that. I heard that book in fucking old. Splinter of the Mind's Eye is was written terrible. by an author who didn't know the story of Star Wars beyond Star Wars, and wasn't that Ari Salvatore? And no, and it's definitely all about Haunt, Leia and Luke forming their romance together <laughs> that's amazing do they have a three-way <laughs> no it's Leia and luke are getting to the romance han is not the romance oh, partner wow Funny. so because no one had seen empire strikes back you know? <laughs> that's uh, amazing. if you want to read like canon star wars books I've alan heard. dean foster that's alan the guy dean. so he's the guy who wrote the star wars novel he wrote splinter of the mind's eye he's writing the force awakens novel oh. um which is interesting uh canon books you can read uh fucking dawn of the what is the fucking dawn of the jedi or something what is the cl- the rebels tie-in oh yeah i forget just look for star wars rebels the star wars book. rebels book about kanan and hera is supposed to be pretty good tarkin is supposed to be pretty good lords of the sith is surprisingly good there are other ones too that still could be canon because they don't fit into like they're not expanded you know they fit into the <laughs> timeline still like for darth plagueis could because like you know, uh, shit is that could, one? It could no. I'm not saying who. It doesn't matter if it is because they've never told Plagueis a story. We sure. know he's a character that exists, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it fits in perfectly. Still. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. whatever they do with Seven will effectively erase a ton yeah. of those books well, until that they one, do stuff that erases. That it, like, one fits in those little windows. Uh, I, read I, I Dark. Just, they're erased. 
they're erased. Like, even if they pull stuff from those books. That's fine. I mean, J.J. Abrams' story will be very different, but you can still read those books and enjoy them as stories. I just think of it as, like, I read The Ultimates sometime, and I'm like, that's a cool Avengers story. And then you go read The Avengers, and you're like, that's a cool Avengers yeah. story. So <laughs> I don't know, like, like, just Star Wars canon being kind of disrupted doesn't mean those books no longer have any value. Like, they're still good stories. They always yeah, were. They stories. always will be. Don't Even though they don't to read. fit anymore. Um, but read uh, Dark Disciple is coming out next week. Uh, I embargoed on it, but I guess I can't talk too much. But that book is pretty good. Just don't read any of these. Just listen it, to audiobooks. Yeah. Uh, if you were <laughs> a Clone Wars fan. Suckers. You have ears for a reason. If you were a Clone Wars <laughs> fan, read Dark Disciple. Uh, that book has some low points, but goddamn, like... You get to go hang out in 1313 for a bit. There's lots of stuff with uh, Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress that's interesting. Nice. All right. Splinter of the Mind's Eye was originally going to be the sequel to Star Wars in the event that the movie was only so-so successful financially. There you go. How about that? And then Lucas fucked him. Well, uh, so yeah, that's that's, uh, some stuff about Star Wars. Just go read what you like, but don't read because reading. Here's my general rule: is this, I don't read. I try to read. All my reading is nonfiction, and all my listening is fiction. But I like reading because I can read so much faster than I that can. That being listen. said, I do. I, the book I'm currently reading, the story of Buck from Halo, right now on my Kindle. <laughs> so, after we talked Which about just that. came out, right? Yeah. yeah. After we yeah. talked about it, I was like, well, I got to know how he became <laughs> Do you just, hear Nathan, <laughs> just hear Nathan Fillion's voice. The first, 70 yeah. pa- the first 70 pages of that book, by the way, are just the retelling of ODST in a novel form. Really? Cool. Yeah, like literally like encounters. That would be encounters fun. Sometimes. Wow. I came to this part and that's when the, and that's when he tried to fight off the brute and it hit his sniper rifle and bent it and it went flying and got stuck. And it's Funny. like, that was <laughs> is it awful? Huh? Is it awful? No, nah, it's okay. It's just, it's just, it's bad. It's that not as bad. good as uh, uh-huh. Fall of Reach was like a better one. Or Fall of Reach or is still I Harvest Fall of Reach. is good. I never read Harvest. Black Onyx is really good, but there are some very good Halo books. That the Eric Nyland stuff Greece. is all really good. Yeah, but it, oh, we'll see. I'll report back on the, my video game fiction. The The best video game fiction to this day is still just uh, Dead Space whatever. Oh, Did you yeah, read the, the Dragon Age yeah. books? They're actually really good. I'm yeah, sure they are, but the are they as Thrones good as that really Dead good. Space, yeah. though? That Dead Space one is just fucking top. Not yeah, nice. it's about Altman. Oh, Altman. It's Altman? about yeah. the forming. Oh of the yeah, church. I did read those. Yeah. yeah, it's about the forming of the church. Sure. And Man, that, that, and that, that was, was really fascinating. ending. That is fucking awesome. Um, yeah. Anyways, and, and like, not non-video game related. A new Laundry Files book comes out next week. Damn it! I need oh, to fucking start right that. next to Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Pansies. Nailed I don't it. know what it is. Uh, <laughs> also, I just read a book called The Water Knife, which is from uh, the sense? guy who wrote The Wind Up Girl. The Water Knife. Uh, it's about a Felt future hammer. about 30 years. In, it's about 30 years in the future where mega droughts have struck across the country and like parts of the country have like split into factions and it's different states fighting over control of like water resources. The rebel flag will fly again. No, like Texas <laughs> is, is abandoned. Like it's a, it's a massive dust bowl. Yeah. Well, and they're refugees that have spread out through the West. Kill yourself. The future's bleak. Anyways, don't actually kill yourself. <laughs> Just listen to some Star Wars books and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and then write us a letter. Yeah, write us nice. a letter. Letters at eat-sleep-game.com. 
If you fun. also had a problem with Mitch's presentations at E3, or you want to tell <laughs> as us as a representative of IGN, period. If you want com. to incorrectly tell us things we said on the last week's show that are wrong, please don't bother. What was that? Like, what were they? Oh, somebody said like you guys said that Street Fighter Five could come to Xbox. No, we, we did specifically not. said no. Sony's publishing it. We Anyways, said it's ultralight. Fuck Chill, everybody. The haters. We just want to be your friend. Don't be dick. I don't want to be that person's friend. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Chuff yeah. Money. Mitch is at Mitchie D. Arthur is at A E G I E S. And Matt is at Talking Orange. I am. Crushed it. And then go to MarvelHeroes.com and play my game. Spend yeah. $20 and you'll have more fun than Destiny. You can oh. go to. And you can go to. Uh, like is, are you trying to unleash the Kraken on your fucking Twitter <laughs> feed? <laughs> I just, you know, I just I've get been really having bo- a great time with Destiny. I'm yeah. just saying. I, and I think that you're a weirdo for it, but I'm not. I mean, some people <laughs> like to get their balls stepped on by high heels. Um, Mitch, weird. I like you, Mitch does work for IGN.com. You can go yeah. read news stories that he puts up there, help him make money, because um, now he gets paid by the click, in case you didn't know. That's not, <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. If I got paid by the click, I'd be laughing all the way to the bank. My E3 shit was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, everyone at work would be envying Mitch now. Yeah. So that used to be um, Jim Riley's thing, where he would just like talk to everybody about how he was like the most trafficked author on the yes, site. Yes, he would constantly look at metrics just by his name and sort by his name. I bet I did more at E3 than Jim Riley did during his time at Hatch. Well, of course, because IGN's done nothing but get bigger and bigger every year. Yeah. Every year at E3, but uh, you can go to Polygon.com, read the stuff that Arthur's doing, including a review of Ronin? Probably at some point. I I am dedicated to a Dean Hall thing this week. Ah, uh, yes, the thing you mentioned in the last show. No, that was the Halo thing. Oh, God. Which went up on Monday, which was almost 5,000 words. You can go uh, read the first two paragraphs of that and then fall <laughs> off like everyone does on the internet. Nah, man, there's you no snide comments. <laughs> Make a commitment. <laughs> you can, you too can like leave an off-topic comment about split-screen multiplayer in the comments. <laughs> God. We're so fucking mad about that. Listen to the audiobook version of Arthur's shit. To, Don't read. Uh, Twitter.com slash Outerlands doc. You can still follow Matt's progress as they slave to bring you a documentary series. So... Go learn about that. Go go support mm-hmm, it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if while you can. And if, if you are if you are a backer, uh, if you were one of the original Kickstarter backers and are thus on the backer list for emails, uh, make sure you've been checking your backer updates because we have a couple of live streams that are archived for you to watch. Cool. Anyways, go out there, try and enjoy life, spend your money how you want, except on drugs or amiibos. <laughs> drugs. <laughs> we'll see you later. Ha, ha, ha.